meeting to order, Chair Roller. Uh, okay, uh, let's welcome everybody. So are we recording, I guess? Yep. Okay, cool. Welcome everybody to uh, the September <clears throat> PDAC um, of Sausalito. Let's get started, Andy. We just do And so I've got the item to start by reading. Good evening, members of the Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee. This meeting of September 20th, 2021 is being held pursuant to Section 3 of Executive Order N2920, issued by Governor Newsom on March 17th, 2020, and all members are joining this meeting telephonically through Zoom. Okay. And I'd like to make a roll call. Yep. Certainly. Commissioner Penrod? Here. Commissioner Fulton? I see him. Here. We're still missing Commissioner Culligan? Yeah. And Chair Roller? Here. Very good. You have a quorum with three members? Perfect. Okay. Um, and then also uh, we have Warren Wells with the MCBC. And then Sandra Caballero couldn't join us tonight. Um, and then we have uh, a vacant position and an alternate vacant position as well. So we are, we are light. We are light. Okay, cool. So that's the uh, call to order. Now we have public comment uh, on items not on the agenda. Item number two. We've got another statement to read. Members of the public may comment on items not on the agenda during the public comment period. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when they have approximately one minute left to speak. All calls will be muted after the time has expired. Please state your name for the record before beginning your comments. Are there any members of the public who would like to comment? I see a hand from Matthew Hertzel. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, hello everybody. So uh, you may remember, I believe it was two PBAC meetings ago Aaron and Regan did a presentation on a idea they had for a tunnel, a new pedestrian and bicycle tunnel between Sausalito and Marin City. And uh, do we at WTB TAM have also been putting some thought into a similar idea and had some conversations with some tunnel engineers and just wanted to give you a brief update on, on some of the information we've learned and what we've been talking about and uh, we've, we've been looking at the maps and trying to see where a potential tunnel might go and we think that there's a possibility for um, putting the tunnel right next right behind what's going to be the future new community center at the Golden Gate Village housing uh, site of the Marin Housing Authority in Marin City um, and having it then run to 
just below the Lycée Francais site, which is, of course, Sausalito City School owned on the Sausalito side. Uh, it would be about a 750 foot long tunnel and it would be a safe routes to school for all the students who live in Marin City but attend the Nevada Street campus of Sausalito Marin City School District or for the middle school student age students who live in Sausalito but attend the Martin uh, the Drake Avenue campus the new middle school in Marin City. So we've had some initial conversations with a uh, tunnel operator who has some new technology in the field of tunnel construction and and they think they could actually build this, this tunnel and with, with for just three million dollars which i think if you consider the benefits to both sausalito and marin city and the safety of the students who attend schools in the school district and the, the community as, at large, as well as the wider connectivity and sustainable mobility of the uh, entire county and region, $3 million would be a pretty amazing price tag, a pretty good deal. So we would like to start having more conversations with the wider community in both Sausalito and Marin City. And anybody who's interested in this project, please reach out to me at 415-860-6635 or m-h-a-r-t-z-e-l-l -L at wtb.com and looks like my time's almost out but i uh, look for we hope that future updates of the bicycle and pedestrian plans for the city of sausalito and the county will add this tunnel as a future planned project thank you way to nail it on time and that's like got to be your top five favorite public comments ever. Thank you, Matt. That's really wonderful. Matt, uh, would you restate that phone number? You got through it real fast. Uh, yes, 415-860-6635. And the email? M-H-A-R-T-Z-E-L-L at WTB.com. If there's a, a comments area, I can write it there. Is there, yeah, maybe in a chat area. So see, if not, I can, I can, I can get you to contact. I'll put you guys in touch, Andy, because that's great. That was really great. Thank you so much. And uh, by all means, when you'd like to give a presentation, let's work together and and get get some time on the uh, on the agenda because that's great. That is social justice. <laughs> that's really great. Uh, I see uh, Sybil's hand. Uh, Sybil Boutelier. All right. Ask to unmute. Thank you. I'm um, Sybil Batillier, and um, I'm chair of Age Friendly South Salido. I uh, just wanted to let the committee know um, that it, uh, we have been invited by AARP to participate in California Walking College, and which is a 18-week program that we've been involved with as fellows, and. Um, we will be finishing up a walk in action plan and i just wanted to let you know that a couple of the elements that we will be working on over these next months are uh, working with safe routes to school on um, some volunteers for walking buses um, a biker a biking and walking education program over the next several months uh, safety walking and biking program 
um, in for Sausalito in Marin City. And, um, and then on October 6th, we'll be working with the school district. Hopefully we'll have some volunteers for the first walking buses for um, October 6th, which is um, International Walk and Bike, Walk and Roll to School Day. And so we'll be participating in that as well with some volunteers. So we'll be glad to fill you in more on on um, these things, we are required to finish up our walking action plan in uh, over the next month, and um, be happy to talk with you about it if anyone's interested in in uh, knowing more. And we'll be looking forward to working with you in the future as we develop the um, safe walking and biking education program, and any other elements of this that you feel you'd be interested in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and, and the public comment symbol. I've, I've, uh, I've heard about uh, your organization through the Safe House of School people. So I was really, really happy to, to meet you in person here and look forward to, to working with you. These are great public comments. <laughs> this, is a fun, this is a fun start. <laughs> Thank you. Um, if there's any other public comments out there, I don't Oh, There we go. Here we go. We will got your hand down. I don't see any other hands. Um, so looking on our agenda, it looks like we can we move on to uh, item number three, approval of minutes. Uh, does anyone want to make a motion to approve the minutes? Regan? I move to approve the minutes. Jessica? Second. Okay, let's take a vote. <laughs> Get through this. And Commissioner Fulton. Yes. Commissioner Penrod. Yes. Chair Roller. Yes. That passes three zero. Perfect. Okay. So next up is item number four, uh, Chris Zapata meet and greet. And hello, Chris Zapata. Welcome. Welcome to the Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee at Sausalito. Really good to see you. Am I unmuted? You are. Yep, you're ready. Yep, I hear you loud and clear. Right. So uh, we've uh, we've only just done a couple of these meet and greets with other uh, just uh, the mayor and the vice mayor so far, and you're the next one. It's really no uh, no specific um, order to this, but it'd be really great just to just to get to know you a little bit, and maybe you can just kick us off from there. You've been at more of these meetings, I think, than most of us have, I imagine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I stated last council meeting about 700 plus. <laughs> That's over it all. <laughs> 40, 40 years of council meetings, but um, I'm happy to be here. And more importantly, I'm really appreciative of the service that you provide to this community. Uh, you know, I think that uh, the last Bay Area city I worked in was San Leandro, California. And obviously, um, it's a little bit larger than Sausalito, but <clears throat> some of the same issues uh, that exist regarding you know, how to plan and provide safe um, routes to school, how to you know, create traffic, calming and traffic measures that you know, make it safer for cyclists, how to really work with parking to make sure that you know, there's some uh, synergy there. Uh, and so as I come to Sausalito and I see your location and some of the plans that you have in place, both in Sausalito and regionally, uh, it's exciting. Uh, you have a, 
a large agenda, but a huge opportunity here. I mean, Bridgeway is just a phenomenal opportunity that needs some work. Uh, I, I like the idea that uh, our city engineer and public works staff really enjoy and embrace the idea of complete streets. Um, to me, uh, I, I like, uh, you know, multimodal transportation and uh, I really am uh, interested in how we can enhance that in Sausalito. But, but I think it all begins, uh, and you heard me talk about this a lot, with uh, what I call our basic needs in Sausalito, and it's our infrastructure. And part and parcel of that is the roads. The conditions of the roads are so important to not just cars, but cyclists. Um, to have a bad asphalt is one thing. To have great asphalt is another thing. So I think we should strive for that. Uh, and I think with your understanding support uh, that, you know, Sausalito can do some things to enhance its its street system and create some measures that help make it safer for cyclists and then ultimately link it to a lot of the um, uh, master plans in the in the Marin County area and certainly uh, make it so that we are uh, aware as a community of what um, multimodal transportation is, what complete streets are and do some things. So uh, I also want to say that I really um, understand from Councilmember Cleveland Knowles that um, there's some uh, real concern about, you know, our ability to enforce and make safe uh, routes and intersections and trails for cyclists. So uh, she's been really clear about me uh, learning and has briefed me about what those uh, past uh, scenarios have been that have been bad for the community, bad for the individual, and certainly bad for the city. So. So you have my attention on that. Uh, I, I pledge to work with our public works department to make the streets safer, uh, to work with our police department to make sure that uh, we do the things we need to do to make sure that that is the case in Sausalito. But with that, uh, I said a lot. So any questions? Hmm. That's really great. Thank you so much. Um, I'll, I'll throw one out there. Uh, 2018, there was this poll done that, that said um, congestion was the number one concern for the residents in our, in our city. And uh, we're kind of uh, the, the committee in charge of, you know, helping circulation and everything. Also with that, I would say that I'll, I think a lot of the people, when they think of that congestion, they think of bicyclists and they think of bicyclists are causing the problem. And, uh, you know, just wondering if, uh, you know, certainly um, I have uh, totally see how that, it, that, that could be uh, understood because I drive, I bike, I, I walk, I, you know, I'm out there. And I experience all those modes, but um, you know, certainly I, I look at it. My my philosophy is, uh, well, if we make the infrastructure better, then each of the different modes can can be flowing better, and then there can be less conflict. And I guess I'm just wondering if you have any any ways that we could uh, maybe reduce some of the tension that the city, that the, the residents feel towards the cyclists while while making these improvements. And you know, because certainly they're going to be part of making the decisions to maybe invest in some of these improvements and everything and maybe helping, uh, you know, with your experience, figuring out how to, to navigate that sensitive uh, issue. Yeah, I, I appreciate that question. Um, so yeah, congestion in Sausalito, I think, would always uh, be in front of folks that live here uh, because, you know, people want to come here whether they drive here or they bike here. So you're going to have that challenge. Uh, I think the real uh, observation that I make, and, you know, excuse my, my 
my bluntness, but I've been here three months. Because um, it's not really a, a congestion issue, it's a clutter issue. Uh, you have uh, so much clutter in areas where you need visibility, um, whether it's, uh, you know, what I call sign pollution, whether it's, you know, ingress, egress in the parking lots, um, lots of things that are on the street in the right of way. Um, in addition to the poor condition of the asphalt, uh, I think, yeah, it lends itself to this sense that something's not quite right. And so I wouldn't use the word congestion because I think sometimes that's a good problem to have. I came from Anaheim and we love to see Disneyland congested. Uh, <laughs> it's good to see all those people coming in and experiencing your city and enjoying your city. Uh, but if it feels uh, wrong to people that live here uh, and you don't make efforts to try to improve it, uh, I think then you get into this, uh, you know, us against them battle when it should be, we should be working on this jointly. So in my mind, uh, I think that um, there's some real opportunity uh, to look at Bridgeway and to integrate it into the regional system and to look at our parking and how we park people in Sausalito and how that impacts people on bikes and pedestrians and cars. All of that is just really a huge opportunity uh, to do it right. Um, you, that, had yeah. you had me okay. at clutter. You had me at clutter, <laughs> man. It was, yeah, it was, you, you nailed it. Uh, thank you so much. That's, that's, uh, I think you get it. Three months and, and you're on it. I, I really appreciate that. I see Warren's hand up. Warren Wells is with the Marin County Bicycle Coalition. Yeah. Warren, take it away. Thanks, Aaron. And Chris, it's great to meet you. Um, like I said, Hello. you're welcome to Sausalito. Um, thank you. Yeah, so I just want to um, just want to ask a quick question. So, um, do uh, as shown in a, in a survey that, that TAM um, developed a few years ago, um, I think 55% of Marin residents uh, want to, to ride bikes for errands and commuting more than they currently do. So I was curious, you know, in your experience, you know, kind of working in Northern California and Southern California, what do you see, can you like, give me like maybe three things that you see kind of in general as being the biggest, what you see as the biggest barriers to, to getting people who getting people on bikes, you know, for short trips. Um, and then maybe if, if you want to, for the bonus, just add um, kind of one in, in particular that you might be seeing so far in your few months here uh, in Sausalito. Thanks so much. Yeah, well, let me see if I can get the first question. Um, I think what you have here is a trend um, that is pretty apparent in Marin County that's not apparent in a lot of other cities. Some cities are great with bikeways and, you know, how they um, are used by the community to uh, minimize car trips and so on and so forth. Uh, and some cities are compact and they lend themselves to that. And Sausalito has both. It's compact, even though it's linear, it's it's pretty compact. It's what, two, two miles long, is that about it? Um, so uh, when you talk about the ability to get more bicyclists, um, uh, I think that's happening. You know, I think the trends toward electrical bikes and uh, is and someone told me, you know, six months ago that, you know, you know, people weren't going to buy cars 20 years from now, you know, they'd be buying bikes. Um, so, uh, yeah, you kind of see that in Sausalito already, uh, bike, e-bike, electric bike sales. And, you know, some of our workforce, you know, I think Andy's one of them comes to work on a bike. Uh, and you'll see more and more of that, uh, and I think you just have to keep promoting it. Um, so is there a, a, a bike-to-work day here in uh, Sausalito? 
just the, the same as uh, the, the kind of the national one, you know. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, that, that's a good start. Awareness is the first start. And then, you know, but actually having the routes and the, the routes that feel safe to do that uh, are really what, you know, incent people that don't ride bikes normally to ride bikes. People that are comfortable on a bike, um, there's no issue. But people that are trying to uh, change their habits from a car to a bike, I think safety is always the first concern. And so I think what we need to do here is figure out, you know, our parking scenario and how to create, you know, separated uh, bike lanes that, you know, make people feel safe about walk, riding through the community. And I think then you'll change behavior um, and you'll change impressions as well. Uh, the other question, what was that? I didn't catch the second part. I'm trying to remember that now. Um, I was, was just wondering if you had any, any specific kind of like socio specific ideas that you had, had seen for, for getting people, um, you know, riding bikes you might not currently. I love what you're saying about people yeah. feeling safe, though. That's a, that's a big issue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I think um, we started that. Um, I think you all made the recommendation to put the the cross-flow bike lane in front of the Caledonia block that we did. And people are like, what is that about? Uh, so uh, I think the people that are uh, working on our staff that are taking input from you who are considered to be real experts, um, you know, they just need the bandwidth uh, and the public support and ultimately the political will and resources to implement a lot of this stuff. And as you know, right now, it, it's a lot of competing interests. So uh, I think uh, in my advice to this group would be is uh, figure out something that you can find success in that the city staff can work with you on and then figure out how to scale that up and grow it so that ultimately it just becomes a part of your business model that every year you're doing something to improve the cycling environment in your community. Uh, but, you know, I think one of the little quick ones that I saw was the Caledonia Street um, uh, improvement that was pushed by uh, a couple of our council people and obviously was a recommendation from you all. So you're the wellspring from where all of the ideas should come uh, because uh, you have a passion for this and you understand it as part of your life. And, you know, a lot of people like me who uh, I have a two-seated bike, I don't know if you so that me and my partner can ride our, our bike together. And, you know, we, we do it as a leisurely thing, but we don't do it as a work um, uh, option. Uh, until we start building housing close enough to, and people that have that sense of it's easier and more convenient or economical and better for the environment if we ride our bike to work, um, we'll, we'll have to work. But I think education and, and demonstration projects and small successes or what's going to lead us to where you want to feel like you've made some progress. Thanks so much. Really appreciate the answer. You're welcome. You're welcome. Feels like an interview. <laughs> <laughs> we have that way. That's how we get things done. Uh, let's, uh, let's bring on Atoko Garcia. Dr. Garcia is our, uh, our superintendent for the schools. Welcome, Dr. Hey, back. Thank you, Aaron and Regan and everybody else on the commission for all the work you're doing. And thank you, Chris, for uh, coming and, and choosing to also be a leader in our community. We're excited to have you. And I just uh, wanted to um, kind of uh, voice my um, advocacy for the idea that um, we might do some things beyond Bike to Work Day in our community to support um, 
encouraging people who might not normally ride their bike to ride their bike. And one of those things, and Aaron and, and Regan, I know you're both hyper aware of this, but I don't know if it has occurred to kind of do a crossover event. We have an event coming up that's called International Walk and Roll to School Day. And I wonder if we could make it um, a city or district-wide event beyond the schools um, and see if we could get um, folks to walk and roll to work that day or uh, to any other function during the day. Um, and so I just wanted to add that to the conversation. And, and then um, just also my advocacy, I think, you know, um, Aaron, I think you might have posed a question like, you know, what, what could we do to reduce animosity? between drivers and bikers. And one thing that, um, you know, I think that uh, I have seen be really effective is um, something that's on the agenda later tonight, but looking at projects that uh, actually separate routes mm -hmm. for bikers and pedestrians away from cars so that there is a, a really safe flow um, you know, the, the Greenway project that is Mandela Parkway in West Oakland really transformed the community and allowed for a corridor of, of walkers and bikers through what was a really busy thoroughfare before and just kind of cut, cut the point of contention out, right, as much as you can. And then um, all of the amazing recommendations and improvements that, um, you know, safety improvements when uh, bikers do have to be near cars so that there's deline delineated spaces and signage and, you know, signals that people can follow, I think, are all ways that are really productive for, you know, just taking that animosity out of the relationship. So thanks for giving me some time tonight and keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you, Toko. Um, Chris, one last question and then and then we'll move on to our agenda and stay on, on track. But we actually are, we do a lot. Certainly I'm pushing forward on, on something on, on a, on a bike path, a class one bike path that's been detailed out in 2011, a feasibility study that was funded and all that kind of thing. And really just, you know, I, I think it's not something you can answer in the amount of time we have, but, but how, how do we get things done? I mean, working with the city obviously is, is really mm -hmm. key, but, but how do, how do we as a committee, you know, get, uh, get something, um, you know, successfully through through the, 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 the city. I've seen, I've had a few, we've had a few successes with some Safe Routes to Schools uh, projects getting funded and everything. So I've been able to see a little bit of how that can go, but I'd love to hear your opinion about like, what's like the first thing we should be doing? Should we be getting uh, some, you know, some city document to city council so they do their thing or, or what's the right process to kick mm -hmm. off uh, a project, uh, something like that? So I think uh, you're in the midst of uh, a model that can succeed, um, which is you have an advisory committee that is made up of people that understand um, pedestrian and bicycling uh, needs and opportunities and challenges. So that's the first part. So you obviously have someone's attention, uh, but I think the one thing that I would advocate for you to do is uh, every so often the city does a, a big plan, whether it's a strategic plan or <clears throat> some kind of uh, prioritization and so uh, city staff you know there are 7,000 residents you know many visitors and uh, you know to provide services to our residents or businesses or visitors uh, with um, uh, 
some sense of uh, being able to get things done, not just funded, but actually worked on, uh, it becomes a challenge. And so uh, you have to, you know, get up there and battle against people that are interested in historic preservation sure. or people that are interested in sea level rise or people that are interested in other things like undergrounding of infrastructure or and figure out where you fit, what you bring uh, that aligns with that so that you're not either or, you're a supplement or additional to. So that's why I keep you know, talking about infrastructure because it cuts across a lot of places. So if you want uh, me to really pay attention to all the things that you want, I, if I'm, for instance, I love creeks, so I pay attention to the creeks right away. Um, but <laughs> Willow, if, Willow Creek is the word. Yeah, Let's talk yeah. about Willow Creek. There's a whole, yeah. whole friends of Willow Creek. <laughs> yeah. so I, I love creeks, so and you got me there. You don't have to work on that. But, but realistically, <laughs> the staff um, takes direction from the city council. The city council annually sets out its work plan through its budget. And in that uh, budget setting process and that prioritization, uh, that's where you kind of get to kind of advocate for your cause. And so um, the city council will be holding a uh, prioritization and budget kickoff October 30th, which is a Saturday. And, uh, you know, we're going to encourage all the boards and commissions and committees to, to write in uh, what they believe is important for the council to consider. And so when you weigh all that and you see all that, uh, you'll see that it's a very competitive type of um, uh, um, conversation about what you can do with $20 million every year uh, in your general fund, what other special funds, whether it's grants or enterprise funds, what you can do with those monies. And if you are not in that queue in some way, shape or form, beyond just staffing and committee and council involvement, uh, then I, I would be concerned. I'd, I'd be concerned. If you did a plan in 2011 and, and you can say, uh, you know, 50% has been implemented or 10% have been implemented. That's kind of a, a review on your part to say we've been effective in advocating and getting stuff done or we haven't been as effective as we'd like to be. Mm -hmm. So I, I tell you, it starts with, you know, community awareness, community involvement, translates into political will. Political will turns into prioritization and part of, you know, your resource allocation, and then staff does the work. But if they tell me, you know, go work on historic preservation, and city staff go work on public safety and city staff uh, and I don't hear work on pedestrian and bicycle needs then you know I have to do that on on a separate track and and maybe not as effectively as if I knew the whole city council or uh, a majority of the city council or there was community support behind it so I think that you have to watch the priorities of a council uh, to see where you fit and advocate as strongly as you can to make sure that what you need and what you see and what opportunities or threats there are are understood so that uh, things move in a way that you believe is right and you're competing against a lot of other places a lot of other needs cool. oh, great so advocacy is is not just okay it's actually part of the job <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's wonderful well that's good let's Let's do it. Let's go for it then. Um, well, if if, uh, if anyone uh, else has any questions, last chance. Otherwise, um, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We yeah. really know uh, you're a busy yeah. man and just ramping up has to be a, a big challenge. So we really appreciate your time tonight. Yeah. And, and you know, I apologize for getting here so late. It's, I've been here three months, so I'm not new. I'm not new anymore. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, invite me back. Uh, I certainly want to come back. Uh, I will 
continue to talk with council member Cleveland knows and other members of the city council about your mission and hopefully um, you'll continue to be involved in um, watching council meetings, uh, watching council items that impact uh, your uh, agendas and at the same time uh, continue to communicate with our staff about what you see us needing to do and, and I would do the same thing but invite me back. Um, I really want to know more about this study that was done and your kind of assessment of what progress has been made or not made. Yeah, well, that's, we're doing that. We're doing that later on the agenda tonight. If you can stick around, um, and it's zero, by the way. Uh, I shouldn't say that. There's actually a tiny little bit, but um, but uh, but it's really close to zero. But uh, but we're uh, we've got um, we've got some new energy. So we'll get okay. It. Well, well, I've I've got to work on my council packet, um, okay. but I'll listen. Uh, but I won't stay in screen. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. We're uh, well. That's the uh, that's the last um, item on the agenda uh, this evening, and and the rest uh, we're, we think might go through that. Well, it's not the last item, second last item, and then mm -hmm. you have the project updates, which is a, a real quick set of bullets. So, yep. Thanks. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so next on the uh, list, we've got, okay, item number five is member updates. Um, first thing we do is our repeat of safety statistics. And Jessica Penrod is the leader on that. Jessica. Let me just share my screen since we have some new people here tonight. Um, so just a quick recap, this is just uh, updating of any bike or pedestrian incidents that happen within uh, Sausalito. The source of the information is from Switters, which is the CHP database. Um, it's the same database that the city uses. And we, uh, I check every month what it is, but the reporting periods can have a delay. Um, so we're currently reporting up through um, the end of August and going into September, but fortunately August as well as September have not had any incidents so far. So we're three, three months in a row right now of no incidents. So quick wow. update. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And let's just hope that's a, um, that's a real stat and not a reporting error. So correct. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, great. Well, thank you for, for that. And and uh, I lost everybody. Here we go. Okay, so now, um, okay, so we've got open positions. As mentioned, uh, we have um, <clears throat> we have uh, alternate uh, positions that are that are open. Uh, we have a primary position that is open, and then unfortunately, two. I got word that we have a nine four nine six five open. Our uh, our nine four nine six five Sandra Caballero has. Um, this has it's going out on a, on a world trip. It sounds like on a, on a sailboat. So, so um, Aaron, I can just kind of jump in there. Uh, the last I didn't know about Sandra. The last time we had this discussion at the city council, the mayor indicated that she wanted, unless there was um, people in a position of losing quorum and not able to hold their meetings, that she wanted to recruit only at the Kind of end of the year like one recruitment okay. annually yeah. so the alternate you know should move into the regular position and um which should, yeah you should let um the clerk and um the mayor know if you think you're getting or i can 
Um, but if you've got, if you're not having a problem reaching quorum at your meetings, then. Okay, got it. So, yep. Okay. Well, you can get people interested. You can, you know, start to have folks show up who might want to do it. But um, she didn't seem to think that there'd be a interview process until. Got it. Okay. Just, uh, just to keep the, um, the, the, uh, the amount of work down on for city council. Is that right? Yeah, I think she yeah. just wanted to have a more regular, big interview kind of period, and then right. not do it the way we used to do it, which was more kind of okay, like uh, regularly. Got it. Okay, cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for that update. And so, yeah, so we're uh, we're not having issues meeting quorum, so we'll keep that open, and then we'll be adding the. Uh, the 94965 representative again because uh, to, to help re represent our our, uh, our friends in the same zip code, so. Okay, um, I, Andy, I, I lost my agenda here. In fact, I, I. <laughs> so that's fine, so item six. Yeah. I'm sorry, Megan is reminding me we need to be, I need to be better about reminding folks about public comment. So public comment, right. Item five. Thank you, Megan. And can I just jump in, um, Aaron, on member updates? I just wanted to thank Warren for circulating a list of really ex um, exciting um, state legislation to the group that had passed. Um, so I thought that was a great resource and just appreciate him doing that. Um, I think there's AB 43 on speed limit setting. Um, there was something about a rolling bicycles not having to stop. Um, jaywalking, a couple of other interesting ones. I guess I should have plugged that during during open time. Thanks, uh, council member. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. And member appreciation is is also part of that agenda item. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, any public comments uh, related to member updates? Okay. And so next on the list is. Um, <clears throat> Item number six. Okay, got my got got everything back. You guys were I couldn't even find you all. I was just sitting there talking. You're still there. Uh, so, oh yeah, item number six. Okay, this is uh, something close to our heart. Not not a uh, not super long on the, on the list, but uh, so essentially, Kieran and I have uh, uh, reached uh, reached out to um, Sausalito Parks and Rec. And uh, they've agreed to let us uh, screen the uh, film of Motherlode, which is a uh, uh, a really cool film about um, a woman uh, exploring motherhood uh, with a cargo bike and her children in there. And, and actually, just it's a there's it's it's a biking movie, but it's also a sustainability movie. And the, and you know the the, the whole uh, world thank you, Andy, for that. We've got our. Uh, <clears throat> Our posters around town. I was out there hanging them out yesterday and uh, and putting them up in our in our local shops. And uh, so yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Um, I think that um, uh, the the number one thing I think that uh, would like love just all of you to to show up and and go. The movie's free, um, but also would love your your help in uh, volunteering and, and whatever else you can do. Um, some good ideas. Uh, reach out to Kieran and myself uh, afterwards. Um, we're really excited about it. We're trying to go big, so we're really, really uh, marketing it out to uh, to to people in the area. 
Um, we've got MCBC and Safe House of School joining us in, in the enthusiasm, and we hope to have a nice fun event pr prior to, uh, uh, for, during at the six o'clock start. Um, the movie will start at seven. The one thing I wanted to do, um, and I see Susan's hand, but uh, also uh, want to uh, get uh, PBAC to officially uh, support this, and so we can act. Because right now we're kind of saying, "Hey, sauce, you know, uh, Parks and Rec and PBAC are 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 sponsoring this, but but we really can't sponsor it unless if I think we all vote on it and say, yeah, we we endorse it." So, just wanted to uh, to at least at least make it official. Um, Susan, you had a question. I've met just maybe a question for our superintendent, um, Dr. Garcia. Um, we've had a lot of um, great cooperation recently with um, Felicia Gaston and um, her organization, and she was able to get some transportation from folks um, from Marin City to a couple of our, or many of our jazz and blues by the bay, um, in addition to some performers. But I just didn't know if this is something that could be um, promoted through the schools and then maybe even help um, with some transportation uh, for kids in the 94965. Um, just throwing that out, obviously we won't get an answer tonight, but um, if the TOCO is still here, um, could yeah. be fun. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I plan to drop some posters off at uh, the, the school um, tomorrow, see if uh, David Fernando put them up. And uh, and then also uh, asked to get them in the in their newsletters and, and publish it in their in their weeklies because uh, and uh, <clears throat> putting it out in other schools as well. Um, I do see Toko's hand. Up. Maybe we'll Warren. We'll let him answer. Um, and then um, here we go. There you go, Toko. You're unmuted. Yeah. Hey, Susan. Thanks for the uh, for the nudge. We'd be happy to uh, cross promote and. Um, see if we can work out some transportation and put it in our newsletter and post it on our website and put it on social media and all the things. Absolutely no problem. <laughs> awesome. Advocacy. Uh, all right. So, uh, Warren, please. Yeah, I just want to say I'm super excited um, that, Karen, you're doing this. It's a great movie. I've seen it twice already. Happy to see it a third time. Um, and, and you actually left out. This is a, a Marin-made uh, film. The filmmaker is from... Um, from uh, Fairfax, um, and so there's a lot of really great shots of Marin in here, and it, you know, it's really close to home. So, all the more reason to come out and see it. Exactly. Yeah. For the local and, filmmakers. And and yeah, you know, and and you say, oh, it's local, so then you think, oh, it's not, you know, so it's not a very big deal. No, it's a lot of awards, and, and it's really made it a huge impact around the world. So it's just that we're very fortunate to have it so close to home. Yeah. Not Hollywood. Yeah, not, a, not a blockbuster Hollywood film. Karen, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I can't. The raise hand feature, for whatever reason, isn't available. You still, still got to get that fixed. Yeah, broken hand. It's, uh, the, the other thing, thanks for mentioning the local filmmaker, Warren. The other thing I'll mention, to Dr. Garcia's point earlier, is that this can be a lot of, this film can be a lot of fun for people who already have the cargo bike. They're already into cycling. You know, you can, you're already convinced, but you, you can enjoy the film. I think, which is great. I think even more impactful is, yeah, encouraging and inviting those people who haven't, you know, drank the Kool-Aid and haven't been convinced about what this could be. You know, maybe they're interested, maybe they're skeptical, but I think being able to open it up uh, and really get new eyes watching this and thinking about it is where we can really have impact as a community. So, you know, invite those friends who are big into bikes, but also invite those friends that maybe aren't because there's plenty of opportunity and potential to learn and be entertained. 
Okay, um, if there's any public comments, uh, please raise your hand. Hey, we got it. How's it, Regan? There we go. I, I lost you guys again. Go ahead, Regan. Hi, sorry. You mentioned that there would be opportunities for volunteering. Can you describe what we could help do? Oh, just uh, putting up the screen and uh, and um, putting up the uh, uh, just just helping put up, tear down, uh, and there'll be some popcorn sales. And then also, if you have an e-bike that you can uh, that you want to put up, uh, you know, for the contest, then uh, that's always something you can do too help with that but yeah for the content um, you mean donate for some raffle uh no well yeah we're we haven't really figured it out yet but yeah helping us figure out what are we going to do to uh what what can we do in a half an hour 45 minutes um of fun so yeah that's uh we'll we'll put you on the list i think it's okay for us to uh kind of mingle with the brown act on this one and uh i don't think anyone's gonna gonna gripe if we uh, collaborate off um off camera okay Sounds good. Thank you. Um, okay. Uh, so uh, if, again, I keep, I lost you all. Um, but uh, so, yeah, can we just do a vote actually to make sure that uh, PBAC endorses this, um, this concept? I move to endorse this concept. <laughs> PBAC, so you move to endorse the, the, uh, PBAC supports uh, mother, PBAC endorses mother load uh, movie. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. That's exactly what I endorse. Okay, cool. Yeah. The second should come from someone that's not Aaron or I, since we're- And I strongly second it. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, Andy, we, we take a, uh, a vote. Happy to. Commissioner Penrod. Yes. Commissioner Culligan. Yes. Commissioner Fulton. Yes. Chair Roller. Yes. Pass four zero. Okay, PBAC officially endorses the movie Motherload Outdoor Movie Night, October 15th, 6 p.m. See you there. Next on the list is um, we've got Nevada Street Traffic Calming Project. So, Andy, this is yours. That's it here. One sec. Okay. All right. So at your last meeting, uh, PBAC recommended moving forward with its preferred concept of moving parking away from the curb on the north side. And you can see it's, it's up here. Uh, moving parking away from the north side, the north curb on Nevada by adding a five foot buffer and pushing the center line of Nevada to the south. Unfortunately, the city's traffic engineer, and you've, you've heard this, I believe, in the past, um, has stated he's not able to certify this layout as a registered traffic engineer. Mm -hmm. And this puts us in a position of not being able to build your PBAC's preferred solution for traffic calming on Nevada. Mm -hmm. uh, just repeating these couple of the issues that uh, the traffic engineer, David Parisi, mentioned, uh, the five-foot buffer zone, he consider, it's considered ambiguous with vehicles likely to park in it. Some people may bike or walk in it. What is it for? Would you have conflict with uh, doors being opened on the passenger side 
and bicycles hitting those. Um, I think his main concern is moving the center line to the south uh, and pushing the eastbound traffic closer to that southerly curb with a narrow lane and closer to the driveways with limited sight distance already and on an inside curve. So these are what he's mentioned in the past. Um, Parisi is able to support the, uh, the original concept that was awarded the Safe Pathways to School grant and the flexible design, which excludes parking on the northerly side at certain times of the day. Now, since your last meeting, uh, uh, the Director of Public Works, Kevin McGowan, has reached out to the Chief of Police. And right now, it's my understanding that uh, PD might not be able to um, enforce no parking uh, along that northerly curb either in the morning or in the afternoon or, or anywhere in between, I'm not sure. But they don't seem to be, we don't seem to be having a commitment there. So it leaves us in a position where PBAC, as an advisory commission to the city council, is recommending a design that we really can't build and implement. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not a comfortable place to be. And you can imagine that the, the city council takes your lead and we, we do as well as much as possible, but if we don't have the professional engineer able to say it's a, the right design, a safe design, then we really can't move forward with it. Yeah. Um, so I'm basically here to request um, that PBAC provides us support, staff support, for going forward with that original traffic calming design that was prepared. It was prepared by Parisian Associates. It keeps the center line where it is and adds additional striping on both sides of the road, narrowing the travel way to 10 and a half feet in both directions, adding buffers um, from Bridgeway up to, I think, just a little past Buchanan, west of Buchanan, um, and provides the traffic calming that I think that, that, that it was intended to or that it's intended to. So that's the item, is yeah. that we're stuck. Uh, yeah, no, that's it, it's fine. It makes sense, and and you know they they none of us <clears throat> have the uh, civil engineering degrees that <laughs> require us to uh, you know uh, basically you know we could you know uh, we don't lose our jobs by recommending this stuff. So we obviously really appreciate the. Uh, what um what the professional engineers have to do because civil engineering even in software we don't have that same kind of you know you can be a software engineer without that kind of um public obligation so really appreciate it the uh and understand uh the the issues with that the um and so then the second recommendation we, we the, the parking can't go so we're we're done with that so now we got to go back to the original one you'd like us to endorse the original one as say well great go forward with it and and we'll move on right we, this was a uh, um the one thing that i would like to say and i don't know if, if we would show it to anybody but essentially what's happening with that design is that there's a three and a half approximately it changes but a three and a half wide buffer that looks a lot like a bike lane right but it is not a bike lane and so what is going to happen is 
people are going to ride in that and people are going to drive next to that saying, oh, well, there's enough space when actually there's not necessarily enough space for the three foot law. And so the concern that, that I have, especially because one of the things that has happened since the, um, the, all these discussions have started is we now understand it is going to be a K through five school. So we now know it's a K through five school. We're not necessarily getting the middle schoolers riding down that street like they were. Um, so my question to, to you and really everybody that is going to go forward with that is, where are the children going to bike? Where are they supposed to bike? And how do they know they're supposed to bike there? And if you have those answers now, Andy, that's, that would be great. If not, those would be the answers. And actually, to be honest, that was the question I asked originally, which actually sparked off the whole, let's keep the kids on the, you know, in this bikeway thing. So, um, so with that, if we can see the enhancements to that design, and honestly, I think the only correct answer is you got to send the kids onto the sidewalk. That kids ride on the sidewalk, and that's what that's you know. If you tell the uh, you know K through uh, five fifth graders to ride in the middle of the, the lane, I don't think they're going to do it. But that's a class three; it just doesn't feel safe. So I think you just have to put a sign saying, "Hey, kids, it's okay to ride your bike on this sidewalk." And in fact, we encourage it. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, that's the rub. And so if we can see that improvement, then I think we, uh, we can move forward with the existing design because they're basically buffers. And to be honest, I'm not, I'm not positive that, the, that just the white lines is what actually uh, nar narrows the lanes, which slows down the, uh, the, the cars. But uh, I'm willing to let that go, you know, because uh, we'll, we'll leave that up to the other engineers, the, the professional engineers to figure that out. But mostly, where are the kids supposed to bike? I see uh, Karen's uh, hand. Actually, Regan's hand was up before mine. See Regan's hand. Here we go, Regan. What do you got? Hi, and Andrew, this is a question for you. Um, I heard you say that one of the designs was unworkable because Chief Rohrbacher said that he couldn't or wouldn't enforce a no parking regulation. No, no, it's not that he couldn't or wouldn't. It's the issue of staffing. So my understanding is that they may have difficulty providing the staffing necessary. So that's couldn't. That's couldn't, right? A resource issue? Mm -hmm. Cannot because he can't or will not because he can't. Okay, I understand that. But I think this, this committee needs to recognize that once again, the police are not able to support our activities. And I think that's worth recognizing and taking a moment to ponder. Thank you. Thank you, Regan. Yeah, my general, I think Aaron hit the, hit the nose on the head in terms of cheap questions on where are kids going to bike? How is that going to be signed? How do we make sure, you know, how do those elements work into what we'll call the original solution? And unless there's a timing need that dictates us voting to support the plan tonight, I'd prefer to, you know, 
hear those answers in detail, written down, um, such like in order to provide a vote, just to provide my vote, my positive vote on proceeding forward. Andy, can you help us understand? Is there are we uh, are we scheduled? Uh, what would be the schedule to to implement such a thing, and, and what kind of timeline do you have to have for approval? Uh, it doesn't have to happen tonight. Um, it's we we are so the public works department is stretched thin, so we've got lots of things that we're trying to work on. Um, so it does not have to happen tonight. I will make a comment about the sidewalk. And I don't know if it's completely applicable, but my children have and did go to Sun Valley School in San Rafael. And there's a five-foot side, I think it's a five-foot sidewalk that stretches along Fifth Street or quarter mile or more. And that's, um, that's their use. Yep. That is their safe path to travel. So mm -hmm. it would be very similar to that. Yeah, yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, that, that puts it in perspective. I see Warren next on my list. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Um, so just a question about the um, the enforcement. I mean, you know, I, I can even see that it might be useful or at least like impactful if, if the police department were able to do enforcement for like, you know, two days when the when, when the um, you know, it was a couple of days when it first started because so kind of people could get get the word. It doesn't feel like it has to be they have to have someone out there kind of every day, all day, right? Like people just have to be worried about getting a ticket, right? So I was just wondering if, if I, I don't. I've never staffed the police department before, so but it, it strikes me that that it wouldn't have that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Uh, and then just just second, you know, I, I just kind of want to, you know, kind of in the <laughs> in the theme of grandstanding a little bit, just to point out that you know what we're doing here is you know, as is frequently the case, you know, prioritizing, you know, parking in the public right of way for people who I think many of them have off street parking, you know, over uh, providing just a little bit of space. For, for kids to get to school in a way that that doesn't involve cars. So just to, you know, make sure that, you know, we're kind of aware of what we're doing here. Thanks. Uh, Chris Zapata, you're next. Lower my hand now, right? Yeah, that's fine. I'll do it for you. <laughs> sure. um, I, I heard the conversation about the alternatives and the concerns about enforcement and so what i'll commit to this committee and work with andy and kevin and chief warbacher to ask the question about enforcement because i i don't think i am clear and um, happy with the answer so um i make that commitment to you and hopefully uh, i i thought i heard this isn't on a few so it doesn't have to be approved this meeting I brought forward to give me some time to talk to kevin and the chief with Andy about, you know, the enforcement concern, and because if that's a bottleneck to a, a potential solution, we need to be sure that uh, it's real. So that's my comment. Great, thank you, thank you very much. We really appreciate that, um, Andy. And then also the the moving of the center line thing, you know, that 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 also limits the. Um, I mean, because one of the other thoughts is like actually make a bike lane on one side of the road, the uphill side, that's the westbound direction. You actually put a real proper bike lane in there and then just have a class three, you know, Cheryl on the exit, which happens to be a downhill thing and, and something that's a little bit easier. So again, but but there you got to move, you got to move the center line. And that's the part that is 
hard to understand from from us. Uh, all of our other roads in town, <laughs> none of them have a center line that that's far out. And so it's like really amazing to me that Nevada Street is just this exception that it has to be this this way. Um, and it, it's just a little bit hard to understand. So just want to continue saying that. I see Warren's hand. So, sorry, I just want to. Oh, I didn't quite understand something. Andrew, can you can you? So is is what you're showing right now these 95% designs for the state pathways to school is is this the design that that's yeah this, going to be... this this one is the flexible design which okay. shows um, the buffer adjacent to the parking up against the curb okay. and that that parking would be eliminated during certain times of the day certain week days of the week yeah but without without the K71 posts presumably right right the Posts are identified, I think, uh, yes, that's correct. They're not permanent. So this would be a, a paint-only two-way bike lane with parking kind of signed no parking during school times, but but not enforced. It, the difficulty is the enforcement, but you yeah, yeah, okay, got answer, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, David Sudo, please. I guess I have to ask to unmute you. Here you go. Good evening, guys. Um, uh, I just a uh, clarification on the police. I, I'm glad that our city manager is going to delve into it and get get a handle on it. But I suspect that the issue is right now uh, the police department is has two unfilled positions and they have several people out on long term disability plus. Parking enforcement doesn't really start until after we need the street cleared. So that leaves us really, sh probably leaves the police department really short on available personnel to, to, to write tickets or call people and get them to move and things like that. Um, so, you know, maybe with a little effort that could get accomplished though. So, um, you know, and I think it's been about four or five years since we've had regular attendance by the city manager, and sometimes that's really helpful. So I'm glad to see um, Chris here listening in today. Thanks. Susan, please. Yeah, I just have kind of a procedural suggestion, um, which might be that you could vote tonight that this design that's in front of you with the parking um, time, you know, certain time parking restrictions is your first choice. And then the second one is the original plan, uh, you know, so that if, if the city manager or others can have a constructive conversation with PD and there is a solution where there's enforcement, great, then that comes forward to the city council. And if not, staff recommends the original option. I mean, I'm just yeah. sensitive to the fact that you all only meet once a week. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, I'm sorry, once a month. And that, yeah, this isn't urgent, but we have heard this here, you know, a number of times. And I'm just not sure um, what else, you know, if the answer comes back, they cannot do the enforcement then. Um, anyway, it's just a suggestion. You can do yeah, yeah. obviously and take whatever guess, action you want tonight. But I guess to, to respond to that, Susan, I would think that since we already did vote one, two, three, that, well, one is off the table. so. Two, then two automatically moves to our first preference. But I'm happy to, to reassure that. Right. Um, Itoko, I see your hand. 
Yeah, thanks. I, I have a just a, a wondering. I'm sorry, my toddler's super activated in the background. Um, I, I, I just have a wondering too about about the preferred option, and you know, I, I think I heard that you know the Parisi folks couldn't authorize the design because of the width of the street, and I, I'm I'm wondering, given the fact that most of the street front that we would need to do this on either front city or school district property if we're also maybe uh could consider some uh other outside of the box thinking that actually widens the available street and sections to do this the um the, like curbs and stuff and that kind of thing that's open well, you've got a not insignificant part of the route that we're talking about that, that fronts the city maintenance yard. And then, um, and, and you know, the open space there where uh, the creek could be daylighted, at least as it T-junctures into Bridgeway. And so I'm just wondering, too, if we're, you know, right now we're thinking, hey, we're stuck with the existing street dimensions, but... You know, are we talking a matter of inches here to approve the preferred design, or is it a matter of feet? What are we talking about here? Well, the, so the, the concept of the buffer is that what we really want is the buffer to be the the 10-foot-wide or 12-foot-wide path, but there, we just don't have the funding right now to implement and raise that, you know, the, the, that part of the street. So the, the concept is, is the buffer puts us into a... Um, a, a shovel-ready project to get funded, which also this street's missing, and this design is also missing the crosswalk at the Tamales um, that connects the stairway and to the other side of the street. And so, the, and the residents really want that as well. So, you know, so that it, no matter what, there's just not enough money. This project isn't going to be finished. We're going to come back and actually continue improving on that. And so that's so that would be the concept of the wide. So the, the street's too wide right now, technically. It's just too wide, um, and that's what's causing the, the people to, to, to speed. Um, so it, it actually kind of has the width. We just don't have the money to move the curb right now, and that's kind of the concept. But, um, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, certainly, Andy, you kinda, uh, you're kind of the messenger in this one, too, so like, <laughs> let's, not, let's not put you too, uh, too hard on, on – um, but what, what can we do for you tonight then? Uh, so should should we uh, do another vote now that we know the buffer is out and, and we can't, we no longer have that as an option? Do you need us to vote again or is it clear that option number two is our preferred vote and we should just let the, uh, the discussions with the police continue so we can actually then understand if uh, option number two is off the table? Uh, maybe at the next PVAC meeting. Since you've identified option one, two, and three as, as your order, that that's adequate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And and I just want to say too, uh, and, and uh, before we take up a public comment, but I just want to thank you and and Andy, just you and and, and uh, Kevin McGowan and and, uh, and and David Parisi that you know thank you for really caring that you know that we are yes we are an advisory committee, um, but but you've shown us tonight that our opinion matters and we really appreciate that so thank you um public comment anyone uh, out there please raise your hand i think karen has a comment and then i also am having oh, hand issues um so okay yeah. got it yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you uh one more question for the gracious messenger uh, andy on this one 
did our traffic engineer, Mr. Preci, did he mention, so would he have approved this project? Would this project have been viable for a sign off if we were extending that curb at the same time? Um, or would it still be a no-go because of that center line movement to the south? So I, I, I don't really wanna speak for him too much, but the concern he has raised um, is that site distance along what the southerly side of Nevada, you've got the, you've got the parking all along that south side, you've got um, driveways for folks coming out and it's an inside curve, right? It's a curve to the right if you're heading uh, easterly. And so that's, that's the difficulty. Okay, yeah, I was trying to say, was that the deal killer or was it the not knowing what to do with the buffer? Because I think if it's not knowing what to do with the buffer, there might be an approach there, but I don't see a workaround if he's not um, able to sign off on the, the Yeah, he, he, he cited both. Um, so. Okay, thank you. Or in, uh, your hand's down? Yes. Yeah. Oh, then Jessica, too. Oh, Jessica, sorry. Uh, Jessica. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. I, I just wanted to also note, and I need to refresh myself on the designs, but um, I do have some questions around some of the daylighting on those corners. Recently, this, this is, I live a block from here, and I have definitely had issues with cars coming at quite high speeds and not being able to see them at all because of how close the cars are parked to the corner. So even regardless of what design we have, potentially looking at doing some some no parking directly on the corners. Um, I realize that's taking away some of the additional parking, but it has been concerning pretty much every time I've come out of Tamales recently. Uh, David Sudo. Just a quick note because you mentioned it is one of the one of the items up for signatures AB 43. I'm sure Warren knows this and he's been trying to get people to send letters out but it would get rid of the 85 percentile rule and would allow um allow the the city to set speeds at what they thought was safe not what people driving would think are safe so you know there's still an enforcement issue and it's still better to design the road so that people can't won't feel like they should speed on it but mm -hmm. we may if we get a signature we may get some uh, a lot of additional flexibility on, on, you know, right-sizing our speed limits for our neighborhoods, which we don't really have right now. I do want to jump in with a quick um, legislative correction. Sorry, David. Um, it, the, unfortunately, though I wish it did, AB 43 does not repeal um, the eighth, or remove the 85th percentile rule. Uh, instead, it allows an additional five mile per hour adjustment to be made by local jurisdictions and Caltrans below what they otherwise would be required to uh, under the 85th percentile. So it's a very like working around the margins, hopefully we'll make more progress next time. Um, but that's that's what this that's what this one does if it is indeed signed by the governor. Okay. It might still matter on this particular road, but but just wanna for the for the record. Yeah. Okay, thanks Warren for that. Um, and, all right, so uh, again, uh, um, public comments, if anybody has any public comments, please raise your hand. Otherwise, I think um, I think we've got what Andy needs to, to move forward. It sounds like we'll have uh, follow up on some uh, enforcement discussion about our option number two, and then we'll find out if 
if that is going to continue being off the table. And again, I just want to remind everybody, option number two uh, will uh, require to go to city council, and then we can hear there, and then they'll vote on it, as well as uh, we're, 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 we're sure to hear from the, um, the neighborhood um, about uh, the neighbors uh, in opposition to the, the parking removal, and even at the, even at the time. Certainly, it's a better solution. You can park there all summer and that kind of thing. And and love that uh, David Parisi is able to design it and that dual use. So, um, if I don't see I don't see any other uh, hands, then um, I think we're okay to move on. Uh, Andy, is it? You agree? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Cool. Um, I have uh, item number eight and that is no small one and i have we have 15 minutes and so i'm going to uh unfortunately just drop that from the agenda today because i don't think we have the time to to go through it. and certainly it's uh it's a big topic and, and one that, that deserves um, a lot of our attention so we got it well prepared we have more time prepared for the next one and maybe we can even get some uh, some groundwork done in the background. Um, but that's the uh, the north south greenway discussion, and that would uh, so Andy, would you would you be in agreement with that? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm like uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, we got it. Yeah, I, you got to stay late, right? <laughs> okay, cool. I appreciate you being respectful of the timing today. Any homework or like important things to read? Absolutely. Well, yeah. Read those document guys. I mean, I found like I found math errors in that document. It would, they say it's $12 million, but read it, understand it. And it's a, it's the, the, the study is very interesting and, and there's a lot of good information there, but do not uh, in any which way think that the study is the only way that we can get a bike bikeway through our town. And with that, there's a PDF document that I shared, which is a community draft of what would a cycle track look like, a class four, because that's something that has happened uh, in the past 10 years since that design. Class fours are, are really kind of invented in California. You know, it, since then, 2014 was uh, Protected Bikeway Act. So that's something to bring up. So by all means, there's a, a document that you could contribute to in uh in actually helping what would a, a class four cycle track look like and i'm not sure how that affects any brown act issues but uh, but i think we can potentially collaborate so those are the that's the homework there's a lot of homework get to know those and uh and then also reach out to, to matthew hartzell if you want a tour of how to get bike paths in marin because they've got the museum so anyway that's uh that's the other thing to say um yeah, so that's item eight. Let's just say I didn't talk about it, so <laughs> there's no public comment. <laughs> and uh, there's your there's your homework. Uh, item number nine is project updates. And Andy, if uh, if you could share uh, some some bullets on that, that'd be great. Certainly. Uh, project updates. So the first one are the North Street steps. As you know, all the debris is off the steps. Um, the the cost of doing the handrails and guardrails to open the steps is a bit more uh, than we had hoped. Um, we've got one estimate in, and it pushes us pushes us into a condition where we may have to end up bidding it informally um, versus just being able to negotiate with a specific welder. So we're working on that. We're either going to get it out to bid. It's just it's a short bid term, but it would 
I still require some extra time. It's a 10-day bid versus just moving forward with a particular welder. Um, gate six. So as you know, that is basically complete and it's functioning. There's some small punch list item things that need to be resolved. There was at least one or two comments in the emails, in an email related to gate six, and I was gonna try and call one of those up from Commissioner Fulton. Yeah, I can uh, summarize that while you're bringing it up. But uh, essentially, what Regan had brought up, which uh, I think is nice, is really valid, is that the the bike light is quite small. And he had mentioned this, and actually just at 6 o'clock this evening, I witnessed it happening to a, uh, a first-time user of this. Uh, you know, just a casual rider, no helmet, and uh, another roadie right behind, um, and I watched her, she was there first in line, pushed the button and she didn't go, even though she had the green light at the, uh, at the bike light. And uh, the roadie went around her and then I, I rode with her and we talked about it. Um, and essentially she loved, she loved the concept, but she's like, I didn't see that light. And so that's, uh, I think, to summarize uh, what uh, Regan's concerns were, uh, I saw it, I witnessed exactly it happening um, just today. So that, that's, uh, that's some feedback. In addition to that, one of the things is that we got like a totally old school button. I mean, it's a fat, it's a bike button, so you can push it, but it doesn't make any noise. So there's, I don't know if there's an accessibility thing. There's, there's, I figured there'd be accessibility requirements, but if that thing actually did what a lot of the other bike path things do when you, you know, when you say, okay, it's time to cross, you know, or just make any kind of noise, then there'd be a cue that the person could actually be moving. And so uh, the button itself was um, is seems a little bit uh, outdated compared to the brand new light that we got. That's something that would actually I think have queued uh, the, uh, the the cyclists that I saw were still waiting there. Uh, Regan, please. Yeah, thank you. And um, I think you've summarized that very well. I, I personally had the problem of noticing the the lights that were indicating to the cars to the left of me to go toward Marin City. Right. Um, and I went thinking that that light was for me, and so there was a little bit of conflict. Even a bigger, notice, bigger safety issue, right? Yeah. yeah. But if you'll notice on the um, picture below, this is now taken from the Marin City side. It's There are no uh, indicator lights saying when to go, where to go. If you're a cyclist, that's that's very confusing. What What are the cyclists from that side who want to get onto the... Um, bike path to do. Right. Are they supposed to ride on the pedestrian crosswalk and then cross a second time? Or do they also have the same rights as this diagonal crossing of, from the north-south? So so, so I'll just leave that op open as a question. And it was designed as a one-way from the northeast to the southwest. So the, the bicyclists would either act as a car um, crossing through the intersection or use the, uh, the crosswalks, walk using the crosswalks um, to get to the easterly side of Bridgeway and then head north. And I just wanted to add that I was similar issue, um, but as a, as a motorist, I was parked facing uh, eastbound out of gate six, wanting to take a left turn on the, nor on the southbound Bridgeway. Um, 
and you can see both the red traffic signal and the green bicycle signal at the same time. And when they flashed, I saw the green in my eye and I started to roll forward. Um, I caught myself real quick and stopped, but that was just something I noted. And um, so there are a couple, three or four little things that may, may be important here. Um, maybe shielding of certain lights may be of help. I didn't know that the bike head, the bike button was silent, and I'm not sure what it's supposed to be mm -hmm. in terms of regulation. Uh, there's a lot of beeping going on if you're if you're standing around there. You hear a lot of uh, wait, don't uh, yeah, wait. being able to cross wait. Bridgeway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was I I had put together an email for Parisi and his comments and his thoughts, and I will add these as well to him just as a discussion item he wasn't the designer but we've kind of bounced ideas um off of him and, and hopefully we can get some thoughts great still though uh you know great improvement i mean certainly you know this is all just um just some tweaking but uh but but it's a it's a much much uh, appreciated item as as was communicated by the by the cyclist that crossed with me this evening uh warren please Andrew, you may not know the answer to this. I, I know this project's been around for a long time, and I, I'm sorry I don't know how long you've been at, at City of Sausalito. Um, do, do you know why there isn't, like, why it was designed as a one-way crossing? Because it, as I understand it, it is a dedicated signal phase, so are, are there any conflicting movements other than, you know, the southbound bicyclists making that diagonal crossing to go southbound on, on Bridgeway for, for uh, uh, you know, someone making the eastbound left out of um, Donahue, like a, a biker trying to go from Marin City to toward Mill Valley. Okay. I, 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 uh, I apologize. I don't know how those decisions were made. Um, there would, as you said, there would be potentially conflicts with those bicyclists, um, but I, I don't Which, have the answer. Yeah. I mean, it seems, again, like I, I'm fairly new to this, and, and I, I wish I had kind of noticed that earlier. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, like, conflicting movements for cars is one thing, and, like, conflicting movements for bikes just aren't the same. Like, it's not like people are going to head, head on into each other. So that, it, I, <laughs> I got to say, it's a, little, it's a little troubling that, like, people coming out of Marin City have to make the two-stage left turn there yeah. to get onto, like, the crown jewel pathway of, of, uh, of Marin. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, if I speculate, it would, and David, David has been, he'll be the, the one to understand, but I would speculate it was a volume thing. They were looking at the, the 90%, you know, and the majority of the traffic is, is crossing there. Um, David, you're on. But really, I mean, like, sorry, just, just like, so, in, oh, sorry, I kind of just like finish. Like, I, I, I just don't, I mean, again, like, except for like addressing, you know, the opposite direction cyclists, like it wouldn't, it's not like it would even, Oh, right. But you're saying it's already, a, it's an all stop. So why don't you send people the opposite direction? Yeah. To your point. Right. Right. Yeah. Very courteous. Good point. Thank you. David. You just need another signal head. Yeah. So just, just for a clarification, probably one reason why there isn't an opposite hand um, signal for one, one possible reason is that when this was originally designed, it was technically not legal to use the sidewalk under the bridge for bicyclists. <laughs> so that only became legal after somebody, after the sheriff's department ticketed someone about five years ago 
and everybody decided that, that was ridiculous and should never happen again. Uh -huh. um, but until then, it was technically illegal to ride on the sidewalk under the bridge. So, and, and probably this was initially designed before that hmm. ordinance changed. Yeah, and I think that's, so, that might be, might but it's also, it's an oversight, it's when, what happens when we don't involve people from Wren City in our planning. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, that's an incredible story, David. I hadn't heard of that, someone getting ticketed for riding on <laughs> Because the other alternatives are so much, so great, right? You're, get out there in the lane, you know, fight, fight your way underneath, <laughs> back, back home. Okay, well, anyway, uh, thank you, uh, Andy, for uh, just making those notes and, and passing it on, and, and uh, we're, we'll welcome any more improvements um, that, that are open here. Thank you. Uh, let me touch on the Caledonian. As you as you know, the Caledonian improvements are in place. Um, there is a camera out there collecting data, and there will be a report back to the city council in November on that data collection. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what decisions will be made at that time, whether or not to continue with the uh, configuration or not. And but it will have some backup. Anecdotally, we're hearing that the restaurants would have preferred to use the bike lane to have room for additional tables and that the businesses on the east side are happy because they do have parking on the east side. So a little yeah. bit of a mixed thing. Yeah. Andy, one uh, point of feedback. I'm really happy with the way that that came out based on all of the different needs in that area. Um, one thing is that if you are traveling southbound on a bicycle and reaching the closure, if you don't realize that there is now a bike lane there, it's not very obvious that you kind of need to ride through the two bollards. There's just a bunch of signs that basically say road closed. It would be nice to say to have something visual there um, that's not painted on the ground. That's actually vertical that indicates that bicycles are allowed. Bikes um, okay or bikes use lane or bikes stay right. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, and, and uh, also, Andy, you know, we, I do a, um, you know, I did push to say, hey, I, I think the volume of cyclists and the, and the, the slow nature, we could, uh, we could try the um, Auskanam and Velo, which means uh, bikes are okay, but that's in, that's in Switzerland, right? So there's a lot of these really slow roads where the cyclists uh, just can, can navigate against traffic. But, uh, but yeah, Kevin, and, and actually also my friends in San Francisco, um, Muni, uh, also said, you know, America is just not ready for that yet. So we'll have to go to Europe to, uh, to experience those things. But that, was, that would uh, be, be uh, you know, an interesting uh, option to, uh, to offer to anybody that wanted to give that a go. I'm not sure if Warren would agree to that either. But, <laughs> but, uh, but it was something that um, I, I think it worked, it worked, it worked fine in, in Switzerland anyway. So, but maybe they have smaller cars, you know, don't drive big SUVs. And then yeah. the, the last item, sorry, is the Sausalito Mill Valley path closure, which I understand Mr. Wells has information on. Mr. Thanks, Andrew. Um, yeah, so this, I wish I actually had a little bit more. So, um, Marin County Parks uh, is going to be repaved. Have we talked about this before at all? Yeah. Yeah, so Marin County Parks is going to be repaving the Mill Valley Sausalito pathway. Um, shortly um and it's going to require they're doing it in two stages one between um 
between Gate 6 Road and they had initially initially going to, to Pahono, but is now going all the way to the um, to Coyote Creek to the to the to the boardwalk. Um, and then Phase Two will be from the boardwalk um, from Coyote Creek all the way up to El Monte. Um, this is a this is a particularly tricky spot here because you know as many of you know there is no thank you for the, the illustration here there's no McLashen path thank you um, there's no parallel route for anybody doing anything other than driving a car um, between Gate Six and and Pahono Road um, this the Millay Salcedo pathway here is just paralleled by the 101. So um, they're looking at a two-day total closure of the pathway. Um, they still don't have the exact dates. Um, the last time I heard from them, which was on Thursday of last week when I followed up last. So um, I can't say when exactly it'll happen. As soon as I hear, I can distribute it to Aaron. He can push it back out to the group. Um, we at MCBC have been, um, when this when this was presented to us initially, um, we were just told, you know, people can take the, uh, the the Marin Transit bus that runs between these two points, um, which is at peak is a half hour frequency and you know comes every half hour, and off peak comes every hour, you know, and and has the capacity for two or three bikes depending on the they're all three three position racks now, um, so you know again we at MCBC are going to be doing uh, everything we can to let people know about this, but we had been pushing Marin County Parks to do additional, you know, run additional bike shuttle um, between these two points so that people who didn't hear from us, people who are doing transportation rides or people who just don't happen to be on the MCBC newsletter uh, would know that they, you know, would, would be able to make this, um, to, to get between these two points. Um, thus far, the, the county has, has, um, the fact that the, the county asked us to help out, um, we're a pretty small capacity uh, nonprofit and don't have the capacity to run a, a, a you know like a, a shuttle for 12 hours, two days. Um, I did some work trying to find like an outfitting company who might have a bike uh, a bike trailer. They weren't able to. The fact that the county didn't have like particular days um, made that made that um, tough. The last I have heard from the county uh, parks was that they might be able to, to work something out with Mike's bikes. Um, so the last contact I heard from them was last week. I followed up and I'll let you know um, what I hear. I, my understanding also is that they will be running an additional, um, I haven't actually had this confirmed. I know they were trying to run an additional ADA service, like a, like a cutaway, like a, an ADA van, um, so to provide some additional frequencies for people walking, but that, that, does, that, that vehicle wouldn't have a bike trailer, so if anybody um, was going to be traveling with their bikes, they would need to um, wait for the the Marin Transit bus. Um, Which has three three bike racks. On yeah, it. three position yeah, racks. Uh, let me just I'm trying to think if there's anything else I was supposed to catch before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so Susan, um, do you want to go or Kessman, Do you want to go ahead? Yeah, please, Susan. Uh, yeah, thanks for the update, Warren. Um, just two things. One is I would really encourage whoever is doing that outreach to make sure that they uh, contact the schools. We have a huge volume of kids that go to Tam High, 
from Sausalito. I know a lot of them ride the bus, but some of them bike or a lot of them bike. And then there's a lot of kids from Mill Valley that get to Mill Valley Middle and Cam High on that second from Coyote Creek up. So that's just one thing. Um, second is we have the Sausalito bike return uh, that has these giant um, trucks that take bikes to and from, from Sausalito back to the city. Uh, the Scapazzi's um, done that. Um, they would have to be accompanied by a shuttle that took people, but they might be a resource and um, probably need a little bit of funding, but if it's two days, hopefully somebody could come up with that, but they're great. And it's not probably not the peak of the tourist season since folks are all back at school and back at work. So you might, that might be a good partnership. Cool. If, if you could, um, can I get that the name of that, that company or like, is it Scopazi you said? Scopazi, yeah. I Scopazi, can, cool. I can get their contact information to you. That'd be oh. amazing. I, thanks for that. And, and we have, um, through our Safe Routes to School um, members at MCBC, we have reached out to Tam High about that. We'll be sending out a reminder to them as, as soon as we get the exact dates. But but that's definitely that that fact that they, we're, we're aware of that fact and, and that anybody who is biking to school would need to make other plans. Yeah. By the way, Warren, they put the sandwich uh, boards up today. So I saw Okay. I saw Was there a date on those? No, they, well, they said uh, the end of September through the end of, uh, you know, towards the end of yeah, September, it's their through the end of okay. October. And okay. they said there will be closures, D TBD on the date. Okay, okay, cool. So, yeah, so they, at least they're starting to communicate to everybody and that's a good, you know, step in the right direction. Kieran, I yeah. see Yeah, well, I was just wondering, is there any, I, I'm underwhelmed uh, by the accommodations in place right now. I mean, I don't think I need to say it to you all, but we're on an island in Sausalito when it comes to transportation. Unless you're on that path, you have to get on a freeway to proceed north or proceed south. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a strange thing. Um, we would never consider closing 101 for two days and just telling people to take the bike path. You know, they just walk instead. Um, however, we're we you know, we are doing the opposite, um, and it just feels like oh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty unhappy with the lack of accommodation. Is there anything as a PVAC or as individuals we could do to express our feelings to the to the powers in charge here yeah i mean i, I have made that exact argument regarding the 101 um to county parks i mean something that, that we have not done because i was hoping to get something i mean you know, as an advocacy org it's, it's tough to know when to do what i was hoping to get something to figure something out with staff level before like going over people's heads and asking and like and like <laughs> trying to get people to email their their super you know county supervisor but i mean at this point, that might—that's something you could do. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I am hopeful that there's still something we can work out. Um, and again, the, the, and yeah. I was hoping to get an email back for, about about Mike's bikes today. So, I'll send you an email tomorrow. Um, and if if like we get to a week out and there's still been nothing, you can expect MCBC to to be um, kind of making a bit more noise about that. Yeah, I mean, unless if there's a king tide, there's plenty of room to go around. You know, if I have to walk, if I have to walk for X number of feet, you know, I, I it, whatever, I don't. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that they've said just in terms of their the the cert, like the, the construction, like their construction zone and like the machines they're using. They have said like the pathway is not wide enough for kind of for to have that and have like a a, a detour because as they're moving 
they're like going to be paving the whole thing, so the detour would have to keep moving. Mm-hmm. So that's that for me is like is like it's not. I wasn't going to argue with that. I just want I just want something other than the half hour, you know, half hour frequency bus to to shuttle people here. Yeah, and they can't do it overnight. Or yeah. No, because it needs it, it needs some time to cure um, this these this resurfacing. Um, it needs something around you know twenty four hours to to set. All right. Well, um, yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think Karen, that that's great. Thanks for mentioning that. And we possibly maybe can make a difference or at least have them step up because it is, um, that's complaining about. Cool. Well, that brings us to our last item, public comments, anyone on these, uh, on any of these project updates that we talked about, we went, uh, through the project, the gate six project. We did Caledonia, this, uh, this, Bike path closure, and I forgot there was. Um, I do not see any hands, so I think we can move on to our um, future item agenda items. Obviously, I think item number eight, the North South Greenway, will be back on, uh, and maybe the primary, but we'll, of course. Nevada Street uh, will be followed up on as well and um, perhaps um, we can any maybe there's a way we can we can uh, you know just kind of communicate everything uh, ahead of time so people have time to absorb it or whatever reduce the amount of time I feel the the one thing uh, with the Nevada Street thing is it's been going on forever and I think at some point we just got to you know that those crosswalks need paint <laughs> those day that we need to daylight those things so you know I, at some point i'm willing to you know uh give up so but uh but in any case uh we're uh, open to uh to, to doing what we can to to streamline it so that maybe it doesn't have to be such a big item on the next thing if uh, if possible um and uh so those are the, those are two topics anyone else have uh something that is uh, that they feel is pressing that they'd like to share at the next meeting something that kevin wants to include is um maintenance staff perhaps at the next meeting i'm not sure but he's hoping that lauren umbertus who is our uh, maintenance division manager will be able to speak with you folks about maintenance their activities related to the streets and the paths and such that sounds great yeah, yeah. Sounds, certainly uh they re- she's responding hey, she 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 i'm not sure he. Okay, uh, has responded uh, in uh, uh, to to some of my requests and, and actually quite quite uh, well, you know, quickly with photos. Hey, we nailed it. So appreciate. We'd love to hear uh, from him. And uh, yes, that'd be a great PSA one. Yeah, for us and um, for others, something to cheer for. I know I've heard it from you, Andy, in the past. But like, there's a lot that just doesn't get reported, uh, and the city can't fix it if they don't know about it. And so it'd be great to have one. And it, and it works. It's like, it, it really works. So encourage everybody, just search for Sausalito Report Pothole, and you'll you'll find the page. <laughs> but, it, it, of course, you report more than potholes. Um, okay, so that's that brings us to uh, the uh, end of our meeting. Thank you, everybody. Uh, sorry to go a little bit late um, and uh, just overloaded the, uh, the agenda, and we had really good discussions. Thank you. Special thanks to our city manager, Chris Zapata, for joining us. Um, our staff, Andy, thank you for, for being our, our guest guest host, and, and Megan and, 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 and 
uh, whoever else is back there with you, running the behind the scenes. Thank you. And uh, thank you to uh, everybody for having a great meeting. Really appreciate it. And I hope to see you out on, on the bike path when it's open. All right. Thank you, Chair Roller. <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye.